Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, God gave us his word to transform us to be like him. It's not about absorbing a lot of information. The best way to become a person of action is to know the word. Of course, you have to hear the word, but then you have to do it. You have to put it into into action in your life. So the solution to that self-deception is simply this. Just do it. Be transformed by obeying the word of God. It's not for information. It's to make you and me more like Jesus Christ. When was the last time you received a gift that was useful to those around you? It wasn't just for your benefit, but for those around you as well. God has given gifts to all of us. Pastor Mark opens today's message with a summary of what these gifts are. Motivational gifts, manifestation gifts, and ministry gifts. Every Christ follower has at least one of these gifts. They're all to be used to bring people to God. These gifts will allow others to see and hear from God through us when we use these gifts. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 22, with part one of his message entitled, The Benefits of Hearing and Doing. God designed the church as a body. Just as you have a hand and an arm and a leg and an ear and a mouth and a nose, he designed us as a body. And in our church, in each campus, God gifts people with certain gifts to serve all of us together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, I want to remind you, because many of you well, he uses the word ignorant. He means you, you just really don't kind of know. You've never been taught that the church is not just a group of people that come in and leave and walk away. It's a functioning body. Look what he says. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. So these spiritual gifts are given to every person by the Holy Spirit, and they're special abilities that are that are used to minister and help mature the, the needs of the body of believers. Now, this isn't a long teaching. Uh, this is weeks and weeks and weeks of teaching. But let me just give you a summary of the gifts, the basic summary. Of course, not all of them. And these are categories. Take a look on the overhead. You don't need to write this down. This is a kind of a preemptive thing to something that I'm going to do in a moment. In Romans chapter 12, Paul gives us seven motivational gifts. Every single Christian has one of these seven gifts, one of them. Every Christian. Now, some of you say, well, Pastor Mark, I, I've been a Christian a long time. When God mentioned gift, I didn't hear it, and he walked right by me. No, you have a gift. 
and I don't have time, but you can get, you can go online and look at Romans chapter 12, 7 and 12, and we taught those seven gifts. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about nine manifestation gifts of the Spirit. These are supernatural, and you'll see as we read in a passage in a moment, they're to be desired. Every Christian is to desire at least one of these supernatural gifts. And then in Ephesians 4, Paul talks about different gifts. These are four or five, depending on how you categorize them, ministry gifts. These are people to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor or pastor teachers. And these are given to, to gift you and to build you up and to mature you. Now turn two more chapters farther, 1 Corinthians 14. Everybody, 1 Corinthians 14. Now look at your Bibles because I don't want you to be ignorant about these gifts. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 is all about one thing, love. You can't have any of your gifts if there isn't love. Love is the premier. Now look at verse 1. Follow the way of love, and notice what Paul says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially, this is the one I'm going to talk about this morning, the gift of prophecy. Now look at verse 3. Everyone who prophesies speaks to men, the body, for their strengthening, their encouragement, and their comfort. So you can look at these two definitions and it will make it very clear to you. Prophecy is, is directed from God to people. The goal of that prophecy is to build up or encourage or comfort the church, you and me. As pastors teach and preach, we speak for God. I'm speaking for God this morning. I'm not doing my deal. I speak what God's already spoken to us. Now, you don't know this, but pretty much every pastor teacher, as they're teaching, God often adds spontaneous words of encouragement, comfort, and challenge to the people who are listening. As you know, it, I'm slow, so it takes me 20 to 25 hours to get a teaching on the weekend for you. I have it all here. But there's times when I'm teaching, God will speak to my spirit, and then it goes from my spirit to my mind to my mouth, and I'll share something. And this happens very often on weekends when there's three different services. Now, the main teaching is always the same, but God will speak something unique in there, and I don't stop and go, excuse me. <laughs> you don't even know it, because you're not to draw attention to a person. It's God speaking directly to us. And so I'll mention something. Not long ago, somebody just emailed me. In fact, it was a couple weeks ago. And they said they were in two services. Bless you. Bless you. That one service, I heard somebody, uh, I spoke something, and it spoke right to a person that was near them or with them. In the third service, a different service, she invited somebody else, and it spoke very differently to them. I didn't say that on that night or that night. See, that isn't me. That's who? That's God speaking, because he speaks to us. Now, let me share with you what we're talking about. These times when God speaks to a person or even a small group or in a large setting, it can be a small group. One time, think about this. In our small groups, you could have this word of prophecy. Let me share those three things, what it is. First of all, it's the word edification. It means to be built up spiritually. It's a word that challenges us. Then it's a word of often 
exhortation. It encourages us to action. Quit being passive. So sometimes God, and you'll understand what I'm going to say to all the campuses, he gives us a little kick in the rear. How many know what I'm talking about? We kind of been just, and he goes, okay, it's time to get moving. I have the gift of leadership. I have the gift of teaching. And I have the gift of kicking once in a while. It's to move you. That's what God does. That's what God does. And the third one is an interesting one. It's a gift of comfort. God speaks to us words of comfort. You might be going through a trial. And God will use the passage, even this morning, to speak words of comfort to you or, or, or encouragement. And one of the things that you're going to see on this video that God spoke to us was to make sure that you have comfort to get past your past. Now, when you watch this prophecy that God gave us in a moment, let me just say this. Some of you need to get past your past as comfort. You need to leave behind a death, a discouragement, a layoff, bankruptcy, a divorce, a failure. Or sometimes we have to leave behind success because God speaks to us. And you're going to see as you watch this prophecy, God spoke directly to us. Many, many, many years ago, back in the late 60s or 70s, I can't remember what, Pastor Chuck, who started the Calvary Chapels, was in a little church called Calvary Chapel, about 25 people. He was in a little study group. Words of prophecy can come in a study group. And as he was in that study group, a lady came to him after the, after the Bible study privately and said to him, Pastor Chuck, I believe God gave me a word for you. And he said, okay. And here's what she said. In the future, God is going to raise you up and you will be a pastor to thousands of churches around the world. Okay, you're a pastor of 25 people in one little city. Thank you, ma'am. You can just step over to the side there. That wasn't really from God. No, what he did was just hide it in his heart. Now you fast forward. What happened? Exactly that. He said, well, that's impossible. Hello. It's not from man. It's from God to man. Do you understand? The Bible tells us after the seven-year tribulation, Jesus is coming back to this earth. Those of you that go to Israel with us, he's going to land on the Mount of Olives. The minute he lands on the Mount of Olives, he's going to set up a thousand-year reign. When he does that, that mountain, because of an earthquake, splits. And all of a sudden, there's a water source that goes down to Jerusalem, and it goes right down to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea becomes 100% fresh water. And there's fish. It's a fishing place. And what Ezekiel is saying is this. Remember, when we're filled with God, out of us comes rivers of what kind of water? Living water. Not a drip. It's not for us. Our world around us is dry, barren, in sin, and they need life. Water is living water. Jesus is the water. And so what Ezekiel said, what you heard in this prophecy was this. Some of us, we have water up to our ankles. God wants to do a new thing to you. He's going to increase your, your ability to be used by God. He's going to move it up to where? Your knees. Some of you are at, you're at your knees. You're doing really good. But God says, no, 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 you've been there too long. I'm going to move it up to here, your waist. Some of you are at your waist and say, I'm satisfied. God says, no, 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 I'm going to do a new thing. Out of you is going to become rivers of living water. So let me challenge you this morning as I go through it. You'll see it. Get ready because God's going to do a new thing in you in Melbourne, in Vieira, Sebastian, those of you watching. Get ready. I don't know what it's going to be in your life, but it's going to be fresh. 
and it's going to be good. This didn't come from me. This came from God. Already, all kinds of things have begun to happen. We get people now calling us and say, could you come and plant a church? We're starving where we're at. Could you do this? Could you do that? God's opening new mission things all over. But it's not just about me. It's about our church. It's about all of you. You're part of the family, every campus. So get ready because God's going to do a thing. And for some of you, you're going to have to get past your past to do a new thing. Let God speak to you. James chapter 1. Turn with me. James chapter 1. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you this morning at our campuses and no watching I would like to be blessed by God? Could, could I see your hand if you'd, if you'd like to be blessed by God? Now, keep them up for just a moment. If there's somebody around you that goes like, eh, would you just smack them upside the head right now? I mean, everybody wants to be blessed by God. Am I right? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to tell you how to be blessed by God today. It's going to be fantastic. So here we go. James chapter 1. Do not merely, verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say, I want to be blessed by God. Go ahead. Just, just do it. Say, I, I, I want to be blessed by God. As you know, for more than 25 years, I was director of pharmacy at Wustoff. But in the early days when we lived in Michigan, I also did some relief work. I, I kind of was a pharmacist at work, you know, and in those days it was Eckerd and private stores. Today it's all kind of crazy things. But here's what would happen. What James is talking about is very common still to this day. As a pharmacist, somebody, you, you, you got sick, you go to the doctor, you got an infection, he gives you a prescription, you come in, you give it to the pharmacist, pharmacist, he or she goes back, fills it out, and then they come out and say to you, all right, every six hours, and they add something when it's an antibiotic. I'll see how many of you remember this, you know this. You're going to say, I want you to take this every six hours, and I want you to finish it until it's all gone. Now, how do you know that? Because somebody told you that. But what happens? Come on, it's confession time. We're in church. About four days later, you what? Man, I'm feeling good. I ain't taking them suckers no more. But I get to see you again then in about five or six days. Because there's a new infection that's outgrown the old one. And you have to pay again. El stupido. Am I right? Well, that's what James is saying. Hey, Know the word, listen to the word, and do it. It's not complicated. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning as we go through. Now, we're blessed to be able to live in a country where we have such good, solid biblical teaching. All kinds of places. This morning I was watching David Jeremiah for a few minutes, and, and my wife watches Charles Stanley as I'm getting ready to leave, and Craig Lloyd. I mean, we, we've got them everywhere. They're just fantastic guys that can teach the word of God. But James says there's a problem. I mean, there are some churches, obviously lots of places in our world that don't believe in the Bible anymore. I'm talking about though. But we have good biblical teaching. But that's not the problem. The problem is the gap between hearing and doing. Let me show you how it looks. It looks just like this. When you go overseas and you ride a subway, especially in London and places like that, Singapore, in China, I've seen this many times. There's a little sign that says, mind the gap. Because when the door opens, if you're not careful, you put your foot right down in the gap. No, you got to mind the gap. you got to get over the gap and get onto the subway. So here's the gap that James is talking about. What we hear 
And the gap down below is what we do with what we hear. So can you imagine what James is trying to say to us this morning? Put your hand up like this. Everybody put your hand up like this. What's he saying? Close the, close the gap. That's exactly right. Narrow the gap. Get down, and what you hear should match what you do. Exactly right. Good. Now, as we go through this, how does that look? You see, the gap, the, the, the difference between information and transformation is huge. The gap between knowledge and application is huge. In the back, the Bible says, be careful. If, if you're a person that you think you're really wise because you know the Bible from front to back, the Bible says knowledge puffs up. You'll be very prideful. Careful, careful. Millions of people this morning around the world are sitting in churches and they're listening to the word. Good thing. Fantastic. Glad you're here. But there's a big contrast between a person who listens and a person who listens and obeys. James 1.22. Look at it again. Do not merely listen to the word and so, watch this word, so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Most of you recognize this cap. When you see the little symbol, it doesn't, shouldn't remind you of Tiger Woods. It should remind you of Nike. And when you see that, what words immediately come to your mind? Just what? Just do it. Would you turn to your neighbor and just say, just obey the word. Go ahead. Just, just say, just obey the word. Now, at all the campuses, I'm going to give you a little clue. When I'm teaching and this sucker hat comes out and I put it on here, what do you think I want you to say? Just do it. Do we have it? Do we have it? Okay. We're going to do that. So we're going to have a fun time as we do it. Just simply do it. Now, the problem of self Deception is found by the definition of the word. It says we don't know we're being deceived. I'm being deceived, but I don't know it. So the more information we have, the more knowledge we have, the greater the danger of self-deception. I'm going to give you three deceptions, self-deceptions. I want you to write them down, all our campuses. Here's the first one. We substitute information for transformation. See, God gave us his word to transform us to be like him. It's not about absorbing a lot of information. The best way to become a person of action is to know the word. Of course, you have to hear the word. But then you have to do it. You have to put it into, into action in your life. So the solution to that self-deception is simply this. Just do it. Be transformed by obeying the word of God. It's not for information. It's to make you and me more like Jesus Christ. I heard someone talking to a friend once, and here's what they said. True story. They said to them, you know more about the Bible than anybody I know. It's amazing, but it doesn't show. Whoa, ouch. See, that's not why we're here. Well, I can quote the Bible. I can... Good, terrific. The, the key application is what makes all the difference. Now, I wrote this in my Bible many, many years ago. One step forward in obedience is worth years of study about it. Remember what God said to us this morning? Get ready. I'm going to do something new 
Be ready to step out and do what he's calling you to do. Here's the second one, self-deception. Write it down. Self-deception. Substitute rationalization, rationalization for repentance. Every one of us are good at rationalizing, denying the truth. God's word often speaks to us about repenting, about changing. God lovingly warns us. I'm going to be giving at the end of every service, as we always do, a chance for you to become a believer, to get your sins forgiven. It's not knowing about it. You'll see the danger in a moment. But it's also for Christians. We must be careful not to harden our hearts by ignoring the truth of God's word. So as I'm speaking to you this morning, don't refuse. If God says, no, yeah, you know, I spoke to you about getting through that past. No, I'm holding on to it. No, God says, you, you don't want to hold on. Get, get, it's a failure. You're done with it. I've forgiven you. Move on. So let me just encourage you to do that. So what is the solution to that self-deception? It's simply this. Just do it. Obey, and you obey by first repenting. And repenting doesn't mean I'm just sorry. It means I'm sorry enough to change. Now turn with me. Keep your finger in James. We'll be right back. Turn to me, Mark chapter 4, quickly. Mark chapter 4. Now Mark chapter 4 is a great passage on the parable of the hearer, the hearer. Four different people hear the word of God. I don't have time to get into all four of them. I'm just going to present one of them to you. But I want you to look at me once you get there, all of the campuses. Now, this parable is about this. It's about seed. Well, the seed is the word of God. So as I'm, as I'm sharing, any pastor sharing, doesn't matter to me, as a pastor is sharing the word of God, it's a seed. And it's talking about spiritually, it goes into the soil of your heart. So how do you receive it? Well, the, the fourth person that hears the word of God, they are fruitful, 30, 60, 100 full, good stuff happening in their lives. The other three, there's problems with. I'm going to read to you one of them. Watch where the soil goes. Verse 16, others, like seeds sown on rocky places, you can already see a problem. They hear the word at once and they receive it with joy. There's great emotion. Nothing wrong with emotion. Emotion is really good. Verse 17, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes, watch this, because of the word, they quickly fall away. This is another self-deception. It's huge in our churches. Would you write it down this morning? It's the self-deception where we substitute an emotional reaction for real life change. Just do it. The famous slogan for Nike was an important part of today's teaching with Pastor Mark. He used it to remind us that God has given us a guidebook for our lives. It's called the Bible. It's His very words written down to help us through life. When we just do it or follow his commands, our lives will be full and we won't be deceived by the world. James wants us to be transformed by obeying God's word. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. God tells us to follow His commands. When we hear the Word of God and then do it, Pastor Mark will tell us that it will bring blessings into our lives. We must lay down our lives and just do it. Hearing God's Word must result in doing. We can't hear and not do anything. When we do that, we are in danger of being deceived, of falling away when something from the world tickles our ear. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of James. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Here